a president being accused of being a pimp. A presidential candidate accused of murder, including the murder of six soldiers. Is it the new Lifetime Movie Channel movie? Heck no, it's a presidential election. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to the Long in the Boot podcast. Uh, this is your host, G Long. I'm coming to you from the heel of the boot of Southwest Louisiana. Yes, we're back. And I am joined in the Long in the Boot studio this morning by none other than Habs. How you doing? It's great to be back. I'm telling you, we haven't done this actually together since before Laura, huh? Yeah, that was that was bad luck. There's no telling what this one's going to cause. Yeah, let's. Hey, I know. Let's let's do one about a meteor hitting the Earth. Lovely. That would be some <laughs> quality irony in a couple of weeks. Yeah, when that meteor actually hits the Earth. Oh my goodness, it's been an exciting. What I don't even know now. Was it four weeks? Three weeks? Four weeks? Five? We're looking at five or five or six. It's oh, over a month. Man, and uh, lots of fuel for bonfires, though. Indeed, we can have some bonfires will be raging. We can have some great bonfires so much damage, so much craziness. And of course, the cool weather has come along and finally started killing off the love bugs. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. The mosquitoes have evolved, though. They can handle the cold now. Have they? Have they evolved? Yeah. We had a a football game. So that's another step of returning to normalcy. Uh, in the cane fields, and the mosquitoes were rampant, and it was like. And where'd you have to go again? 50s. Bunky, Bunky, Louisiana, Bunky, beautiful downtown Bunky. It was the bunk. It was. <laughs> oh man, that's a long drive too. At the end of a school day. Yeah, I went. I went the short route, which is the rough route, and that, what, was, that was no good. Is that back roads? Like Pine Prairie, and it was all these. It's like a straight shot almost, but it's just windy, bumpy, nothing. And you did this on a bus? Yeah, I did. Wow. A school bus? Yes. I believe I was mildly concussed uh, by the time <laughs> I got there. On the way back, I went a little bit more. Uh, I was going to say, I thought you maybe were mildly concussed before you agreed to do it. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was a persuasive party involved, a, you know, oh. a.k.a. my wife. Oh, yes. I got you. Yeah, that that happens. I, it happens to me sometimes too, where you know you you think I'm putting my foot down, and then there's nothing there. Yes, next thing I know, I'm putting my foot down on the gas pedal of a bus, <laughs> driving down the back roads. Yeah, it's uh, well, I, I, well, just out of curiosity, how how how'd the game go? It was weird because there was hardly anybody there because of regulations. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, we were there. The cheerleaders were there. They they could still cheer. It felt like normal until you look, and they're all standing six feet apart, and they all have masks on. That was one of the requirements for cheer to be able to participate. Yearbooks are going to be really weird for this graduating class. Possibly. I if think they even the, uh, have yearbooks. And the the game, you know, the officials had masks on, the coaches had masks on, and the players had them on on the sideline at the beginning wow. of the game. Did not I, take long for that to go away, though. How do you blow a whistle when you're wearing a mask? I don't know. Maybe they make a special. They didn't have, like, cowbells out there. I was I thinking know. the yearbook again. It's like, so will there be, like, a big giant space between each picture? Probably. You're going to keep the picture socially distanced. You can only fit 10 people per page. Three, three inches between each picture <laughs> just yeah, to be safe. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Why not? It, it makes as much, much sense, sense as, as the rest. anything else. It's been an exciting week. Uh, first of all, we go back just real quick, and we don't need to go into detail, but how about that debate, huh? Was that fun or what? Y'all didn't see the finger quotes, but they're there. That was not indeed a debate. No, it was not a debate. But it was an interesting event. I'll give it that. It was fun. You know what I enjoyed the most is 
now I know how Chris Wallace would do if he was like running a daycare. Yeah. He, he wouldn't do well. <laughs> Not really. He needed to be a little bit more forceful. Yeah. And, and they needed a, a, what they call a cough button for the microphones. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, cut them off. I like somebody's idea was shock collars. Just, if you go over your, you know, just, and then, yeah, guys up in the Raptors with tranquilizer darts. Uh, it, yeah, it was intense. Oh, and he's like, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. And, yeah. If you hear, if you hear barking, that's the, uh, that is the fact checkers, uh, that are listening and they're, uh, apparently saying that we're making something up. Yeah. So. Rough translation. What they're saying is wrong, <laughs> wrong. You're, you're wrong. <laughs> it's been debunked wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, it wasn't fun at all. And, and in fact, I was going to talk about it in earlier this week and then I just couldn't bring myself to talk about it. There's really just wasn't anything to talk about. There was no substance to that debate whatsoever. Uh, just people arguing. Yeah. I don't really think any, any converts were won by either camp. And then, Fast forward to the end of the week, as in, like, what was it, uh, Friday? Friday, fr- Friday morning. The president diagnosed positive with COVID-19, the virus. China. And, and the China, China virus. China plague. And uh, his wife as well. And a whole pile of people in the cabinet, or not the cabinet, but the his, his circle of... His entourage. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. His posse. His posse. <laughs> his crew got it. They got the COVID. <laughs> Hope Hicks and some others. And apparently that's all we really know. The media is salivating at the prospect of, uh, I think, I, honestly, I truly believe that some of the mainstream media actually just wants him to kick the bucket so they can just have something to talk about. Yeah. Well, if he dies and they're not gonna be able to make fun of anybody anymore. Well, I don't even know how all that would play out. That would be weird. You've yeah. got, you've got some Democrats are t- saying Trump should step down. <laughs> yeah. Which in- would invoke the, the 25th. Look, uh, he's probably going to be okay. Probably. Be- because, and here's here's the thing, almost everybody who gets it is. I mean, it's really not. Yeah, it might knock him on his butt for a while. But Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will. It'll slow down the campaign trail. If it's anything like a friend of mine, oh, if it's anything like a friend of mine uh, who got COVID, apparently it's a great weight loss. Uh, yeah, that's what happened plan. to my uncle. Lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't so taste yeah. anything. And he just felt. Yeah, if you can't taste anything, I bet you're just not that hungry ever. It would definitely be a, a curb on the gluttony. That's that's my uh in fact that's my COVID test I take every day is is I uh gin taste it and if I can taste the juniper berries and smell the juniper berries, I'm like, yeah, okay, good. I'm, I'm yeah, the juniper is a it's an aromatic. It's a it's historically medicine anyway. <laughs> that's right. It's in fact taking we'll call, Yeah, we'll call it holistic. That's we'll, it we'll call it gin based hydrochloroquine oh yes <laughs> similar principles there you go that's exactly right but uh the election's almost over i know i'm happy about that i'm it's never going to be over you know at the beginning i talked about a presidential candidate being accused of murder a president being accused of being a pimp no it wasn't a lifetime movie in fact it, a lot of people are saying this election right now is the worst election we've ever had as far as mudslinging and name calling and all that stuff. Fake news. <laughs> well, that's, yes, it's it, it constantly. And, and I'm here to tell you, folks, this election is not, by any means, any stretch of the imagination, the worst mudslinging election we've ever had. It's not even close. And you got to go back in time. You got to go back in history. Join me now as we go back to, <laughs> to the election of 1828. Oh, such a wonderful time back in the good old days, the good old days when America was great. 
and oh, yeah. and one fourth its size. Uh, it was it was it was an it was a young pup of a nation, and uh, the election of eighteen twenty eight had two men going at it for the prize. Uh, the one that we can name first is John Quincy Adams, right? I mean, he's famous. He was famous because of his dad, really. I mean, his dad was the second president yes, of the United was, States. He was W before W. That's right. And he was uh, running for or running to hold his seat that he had won. And his opponent, though, was the guy that we were really going to talk about, and that's Andrew Jackson. He's too cool not to talk about. You got to talk about him. And uh, you know him because if you've ever spent a 20, <laughs> you've looked at him. He's there. Now, the picture on the $20 bill, that's not Jackson when he was at his prime, by the way. No. He's a, he's a little older in that picture. But Andrew Jackson is a a whirlwind unto himself. Hurricane Laura versus Andrew Jackson, I think maybe a tie. He would challenge her to a duel. He would absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Challenge her to a duel just for he would shoot just her for right being in the eye wall. Being a hurricane. <laughs> in the eye wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Andrew Jackson, though. Just for study purposes. Uh, as a human being, oh, he was awful. He might be called a deplorable. He, Yeah, well, he certainly would have been called a redneck hick. He was a, a rambunctious figure, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, you... you there's so many paintings of him and so many pictures of him and there's so many stories about him. It's almost like this guy can't have existed. This has got to be something made up. And then he could have been in like a Robert Louis Stevenson book. I mean, he's yeah. a, and, a and weird figure. The thing is, the more you the more you research Andrew Jackson, the more you find out everything you've ever heard about him is pretty much true. Yeah, uh, there's nothing that really says any of this is false or he was actually way more clean cut than his reputation, but nope. He's, no, no. He's a swashbuckler. He hit the ground running, literally. I, I picture him coming out of, <laughs> at birth, coming out of the birth canal with the high collar, yeah. a sword. Yeah, he was a, he was a cesarean baby, and he performed it himself yeah. with, his, with his saber at his side. <laughs> Crawled right out. Oh, my gosh. He, uh, he was something else. And he's running against John Quincy Adams in 1828, almost almost as a revenge, I think, for the previous election, which I want to touch on just real quick. Because that election is kind of what spurred Jackson to run in 1828. And in a way, it's sort of like the story that Trump decided to run for president when he felt like he was slighted by President Obama at that dinner. Uh, There was a dinner and Obama said a couple things about Trump that were, you know, humorous. But Trump didn't find them humorous because Trump doesn't like to be the butt of jokes, period. Nope. And a lot of people say that that was the moment that Trump said, I'm running for president. (laughs) And that's it. Now, he had thought about it and toyed around with the idea for years, but that one is the one that spurred him on. Well, the election of 1824, I think, gave Jackson every reason to run again in 1828, uh, especially since he felt that he had won the election. he, He got robbed. Revenge is a powerful motivator. (laughs) He was robbed, I tell you, robbed. He was robbed. And uh, so I want to talk about that just for a minute. Uh, It was uh, Jackson was running against actually three other men at the time. We had uh, Jackson, and we had uh, John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams. Henry Clay. Henry Clay, Speaker of the House, Henry Clay. And then some other guy whose name escapes me right now. I can't think of his name. He wasn't uh, that much in the triumph. Well, he was sick and uh, he was uh, he was not he was not well. Let's just put it that yeah, way. He wasn't one of the contenders. And uh, so the way the election system worked, you had to get a majority of the electoral votes. Yeah. And at that time, I think it was like 131 
was the majority. That was the number you had to reach. Yeah, today it's quite like quite a bit less than now. Yeah, today it's like what two seventy, I think. Roundabouts. Anyway, no one got it. No one got the majority of the vote. The other guy was named Crawford. 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 Um, he was sickly, and we, we don't want to worry about him. But anyway, the bottom man has to drop out, basically, after they count the votes. Well, Jackson won the popular vote. He got the plurality, you'd call it. <laughs> but enough to win now. If you would, if you, whoever gets the most wins now. Yeah. And, and, uh, Jackson, this is going to be hard to believe as we go through this, but Jackson didn't really care for, well, anybody he was running against. No. <laughs> uh, and strangely enough, they didn't like him. Go figure. He wasn't a warm fellow. Yeah. You, you don't get a lot of people saying how, how sweet and wonderful he was. But neither, neither was Adams, but these guys are like, Complete polar opposites. Right. Uh, Adams and Clay and even Crawford <clears throat> were all uh, men of, of well, you could say elite, I guess. Yes, they were the, the high ups, the mucky mucks. Yeah. Uh, Clay was Southern, but he was still of the elite. He was of the gentry. Yeah. These guys were born on estates, not yeah. like Jackson. And Jackson was a man of the country, no question, and who would pretty much raised himself. Let's wrap up the election of 1824. We'll talk about Jackson a little bit when he was a youngster because it's a lot of fun. He's still the same. Uh, but uh, in the election of 1824, Clay, the Speaker of the House, he has to drop out. And it really comes down to a, a battle between Jackson and John Quincy Adams. And the group that has to decide who will be president is the House of Representatives. Who's in charge of the House of Representatives, Mr. Long? <laughs> it was Henry Clay. Hot dog. <laughs> a man who won hated Andrew Jackson, two supported Adams, really. Um, yeah, he threw his weight behind him. And even though Jackson had won the popular vote and had the highest number of electoral votes, he doesn't win the presidency. It goes to John Quincy Adams because Clay called in favors, pulled strings, whatever a Speaker of the House has to he, do. He speaks to the House. He, he does. He <laughs> speaks to the House. So the election goes to John Quincy Adams and Jackson from that point forward referred to it as the corrupt bargain. Yeah. Probably didn't help the case that Henry Clay ends up not being Speaker of the House after that election and he gets a new gig as the Secretary of State. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it gets so a, some tradage might have yeah, gone down. Yeah, I think there was some uh some some favors being traded there. It's alleged, but the stuff that's not alleged is Quincy didn't win any of the actual election. Wait, are you saying that politicians the may have been crooked even then? No, that was in the glory days. <laughs> glory days. So, yeah, the corrupt bargain. Jackson and his supporters literally began running for 1828's election the day after the 1824 decision that robbed him of his presidency. And word spread a lot slower back then. So they are rallying the base the old fashioned way with like leaflets and Horseback riding. Yes, and standing on stumps. Yes, actual stump speeches. <laughs> you know, you know, you could do a lot. Somebody could run for office right now in this area and would have plenty of stumps. Gather to stand a, a big crowd around one of these big stumps. There's stumps everywhere. I might do it. They're we're we're lousy with stumps. Yeah, and lots of stumps that are actually tilted because they're half out of the ground. It can prove your athletic prowess if you can climb up there on one of those crooked <laughs> stumps. <laughs> Promise to straighten it out as an allegory for a government. Yeah. <laughs> working on my um, campaign right now. So we'll get back to Jackson in the election of 1828 in a second. But let's talk about Jackson, the man. You know, most people in Louisiana, of course, know about the Battle of New Orleans, a battle that was fought 
after the war had actually ended. Yeah, it just spread pretty slow. He just didn't know. And I got to be honest, if they had come to Jackson the day before the battle and said, hey, uh, there's a rumor that the war is over. I don't think it would have made any difference. Pretty sure that message would have been lost in a fire somewhere. Yeah, Jackson wanted to fight. He wanted to fight. He did all the prep work. He yeah. made deals with pirates and stuff. Well, have you ever looked at the the amount of... He, he pushed an army like no man. He was all over the Gulf Coast prior to the Battle of New Orleans. I don't understand how they moved as quickly as they did. It's he, not like there were great roads a, back then. They, oh, God, there's not great roads right now yeah. in the places we're talking about. But, I mean, he's like bouncing all over the place. He's in Pensacola. He's in Mobile. He's further into Florida. He's back in Alabama. It was like... What the? <laughs> he covered some ground. The he man did. doesn't sleep. <laughs> he doesn't sleep. It uh, it did help that it, that the guys that were running the uh, show for the British, even though they were well known officers, they did some really weird things themselves and didn't help their cause much. Yeah. But helped our cause. Certainly helped our cause, and it built Jackson's reputation. In fact, uh, his reputation as an Indian fighter and and the War of eighteen twelve is uh, well known. But it's it's. Going back even further, when you look at Jackson as a child, he, he had a horrible, horrible life, but probably not that strange for the time. No, people lived rough, people yeah. lived rough especially in the, you know, where he's from. Well, they don't even know where he was born, technically. Ish. They, they know ish. They know he was born somewhere along the border between what is today North and South Carolina. That's about it. And actually, it could even be as far west as Tennessee, because back then the border of uh, South Carolina and North Carolina extended that far. Yeah. So they don't know. They really just don't know where he was born. What they do know is that his oldest brother died uh, during the Revolutionary War of heat stroke. Heat stroke killed him. And uh, in heat stroke in the South? No. <laughs> it can't be. They probably weren't very heavily clothed. Oh, wait, never mind. He was in the military. <laughs> Jackson's father died three weeks before he was born. You know, so I'm setting up for a great origin story. It's going to be cheerful. Well, yeah, it, oh, this would be just the worst drama ever. I don't know. The, <laughs> it would be like, well, anyway, if, if if your childhood builds you and makes you who you are, then it, everything about Jackson as an adult is answered by his upbringing. Shouldn't be surprised that he's probably just an angry man. Yeah, it sounds like he was. And with good reason. So by the time he's 13, him and his brother, Robert, are training in a militia to go and in the Revolutionary War. His brother, I think, was a couple years older than him, Robert. And off they went to be messengers. Yeah. You, don't get, the, you don't get the serious jobs when you're still a kid. No, no. When you're when you're 13. You're playing a drum. You're, you're low to the ground. Carrying letters. You're low to the ground and you can move quickly. <laughs> Here, yes. take this message. Run try through th- the woods. Fly, fly, fly. <laughs> try not to get killed. <laughs> and uh, they didn't get killed, but they did get captured. Uh. And they were... Uh, when kids were captured back then, a lot of times what they do is they'd make them live with a family as prisoners. Kind yeah, they'd of be like their their ward with finger quotes, right? And and so uh, so they they go in at, and they're they're being raised at uh, at a house, and there is a British officer there as well. And at some point, the story goes that the officer asked Andrew to clean his boots, and Andrew demanded to be treated as a prisoner of war. Yeah. Which forbid that kind of thing. Yeah, like, I'm not your houseboy. Yeah. And the British officer being, well, a British officer, <laughs> attempted to stab young Andrew with his sword. Andrew being Andrew grabbed the blade. With his hand. With his hand. This is hand. a 13-year-old kid. 
didn't it didn't stop him from getting hurt. Obviously, he had scars all over his hands, and the blade actually did go against his face as yeah, well. He got a big old gash on his face. You can see in pictures of him. He's an old man. And I guess the uh, the British officer at that point decided, well, this kid's something. How about we just send him off to prison? Nice. <laughs> and so him and his brother both get sent to a prison camp where they enjoy a bout of smallpox. Mm. Good old smallpox. And they almost starved to death as well. Elizabeth, their mother, heard about their situation, and off she goes to go get the boys. She had to go 40 miles, which was no mean feat back then. 40 miles was a good distance. Yeah, and it's not like nice and easy country to travel through. No, not at all. Uh, When she gets to the prison, she pleads and begs and manages to get them released. They're only children. (laughs) And uh, Robert, who's basically dying of smallpox at this point, uh, rides the horse back and mom rides the horse. Andrew walks with them. And then two hours before they finally get home, a cold front blows through with rain and sleet and hail. Because that's what you need when you got smallpox. Yes, that's a it's a cure all. (laughs) And uh, so within two days, Robert's dead. (laughs) he's dead and Andrew is dying. Somehow mom manages to nurse Andrew back to health. And then mom being, I don't even know, just a saint, I guess she volunteers to go nurse American prisoners of war on a British prison ship that was in Charleston. So she goes there and now understand this is literally in the same year. We're not talking time here. Yeah, this isn't a big progression. And she goes off to work on the British ship and immediately gets cholera and dies. It happens. It does. Not the most sanitary of things. The British prisoner of warships, the British threw her in an unmarked grave (laughs) and Andrew became an orphan. He was 14. Wow. He blamed the British for all of it. For the rest of his life. (laughs) It kind of makes sense. So that's probably why I don't think he would have stopped at the the Battle of New Orleans. I think he wanted to kill him some Brits. Uh, Give him some red coats. That's right. A couple other incidents just to give you an idea of Jackson's uh, temperament. He was accused of getting in fights all the time. He caned I don't know how many people. Apparently, he he liked using a cane on individuals. He does that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely does. He eventually gets into a, uh, just a a little bit later in life, he gets into it with a a guy by the name of uh, Dickinson, Charles Dickinson, who, like Jackson, raised horses and raced them, and they had some kind of altercation. And Dickinson makes the cardinal error of attacking Jackson in the local newspaper. You can't do that. (laughs) Jackson's not going to take it. Uh, Jackson then, in the local newspaper, wrote back, challenging him to a duel. And a lot of people thought, well, this is the end of Jackson. He's done. Dickinson was known to never miss. He was a very accomplished duelist himself. He had already dueled several times. Jackson uh, came up with a strategy that some might call into question. I know I would. Jackson said, well, he's such a good shot. The best thing I can do is when we turn to fire is just let him fire. And maybe he'll miss. Maybe his aim will be off. Maybe he'll turn too quick. And then that'll give me time to aim slowly and get off that shot. And the plan would have worked really well, except for one problem. Uh, Dickinson did fire and hit Jackson in the heart, except it didn't go deep enough. The bullet stopped literally inches, not even inches, millimeters, according to the story, from his heart. He carried the bullet the rest of his life. It was in his chest the rest of his life. It didn't even knock him down. 
He didn't get lead poisoning. <laughs> yeah, he just kept it with he him. Didn't like, get it's an not abs- worth it. He's probably going to cause more problems to take it out. He didn't get an abscess. I'm nothing. <laughs> I don't understand how that happens. Anyway, people so, dying splinters back then. I'm sure Dickinson was looking at this going, is he going to fall? He's not human. He, he's a like, That was a really good shot. You can't really ask for better than that. <laughs> in a duel. Yeah, little smoking hole in his oh, chest. Yeah. Jack just like, looks down, <laughs> looks back up, frowning at him. <laughs> so Jackson, of course, normally when this kind of thing happened, the other person would just determine that honor had been, you know, fixed and shoot their shot into the air. That was generally how it was done. Yeah. Eh, not Jackson. That's a different no, he guy. You just shot me in the chest. You my just shot turn. me in the chest. Now it's my turn. And he, of course, aims very slowly. And this is my favorite. Shoots Dickinson in the stomach. Oh, that's the <laughs> worst one because it's not going to kill you quickly. And somehow I just have a feeling that that was not a mistake. I think he like aimed at his heart and then he's like, no. And no. he just lowered his shot a little bit and <laughs> blap right in the gut. Yeah, and blew a big old hole through Dickinson. And, of course, when you get shot in the stomach back then. You're dead. You're dead, but you're not going to die quick. It will take you a long time. Oh, and the, <sighs> and the pain. And people people accuse Jackson of being brutal, of being cold-blooded for this. Even though he'd been shot in the chest, people were like, well, that's not you. you yeah, come on, man. Yeah, that's overkill. And Jackson sort of became a social outcast with some people, but. Jackson really didn't care. He doesn't really learn his lesson either. I think he's supposed to have been in yeah. over a hundred duels in his lifetime. Well, he stabbed a man uh, named Samuel Jackson. <laughs> hey, mother. No. <laughs> uh, Samuel Jackson, supposedly uh, in Nashville, supposedly because Jackson wouldn't get out of his way. Wow. By the way, Andrew Jackson eventually had a kid named Samuel Jackson, which I think is kind of funny. But That's cool. What was his middle name, maybe? I know. I want to know. Please be Lawrence. <laughs> uh, this guy, Samuel Jackson in Nashville, though, they had an altercation on the street, and Samuel Jackson challenged Andrew Jackson to a fist fight. And Andrew Jackson says, I'm not going to fist fight you, but I'll duel you. Yeah, escalation. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson said, I'm not going to duel with you. And he bent over to pick up a stone. And he was going to brain Andrew Jackson with the stone. Jackson pulled his cane. There's a sword in it. Pulls of course. The, Why would Andrew Jackson have a normal cane? Pulls the sword out. And while the guy's bent over, stabs him through the back. And then it comes out through the chest and pierces his heart. And uh, and kills him in the street. Went to court. And they found him innocent by reason of self-defense. <laughs> this was, anyone, anyone talking about this guy being a murderer? They're you're not he's actually killing people in the streets. This is not like accusation because he sent somebody in for a war. No. He's, and he's and a, uh, he kills people. One one more story uh, about Andrew Jackson, just because it's funny. <laughs> Whereas uh, the uh, the story about when Jackson was a judge and he had a guy named Bean, Russell Bean in court. Uh, Bean was accused of beating a child so bad he mutilated him. Now, we don't have any sympathy for Russell Bean, but apparently Russell Bean was so upset and so angry in the courtroom at one point, he storms out. He runs out into the street, and he manages to get a gun, and he barricades himself. And the sheriff and the posse were unable to get him. Jackson, who was still in the court, adjourned the court for 10 minutes. The court will take a 10-minute recess. Boom, boom. Yeah. (laughs) Gets a pistol in each hand and goes out into the street, looks at Bean, demands he surrender, and Bean did. You listen to Jackson. And then when they asked Bean about it, uh, the, the, the quote is great. He said, well, when he came up, I looked him in the eye and I saw a shoot. <laughs> and there wasn't any shoot and nary another eye in the crowd. 
Yeah, you know what? If Jackson was coming at me, I'd go to the other side of the street. Man. I would do whatever I had to do. Jackson, if he's, <laughs> he says he's going to do something for he's, better or worse, he's going to do it. He's he, a scary man. He doesn't bluff. The election of eighteen twenty-eight. There's one other incident that will re- incident that will relate in just one second. The uh, so the election. So this is the guy we're talking about, Andrew Jackson. I guess we have to talk about his relationship to his wife just for a minute too, Probably. right? Uh, Rachel, who he loved, by the way, loved her dearly. Probably Very the only. Husband. I'm assuming that that is the only person he ever treated tenderly. I think so. <laughs> his devotion is usually without question. But that story is going to play out in the election of 1828 in in a weird kind of way, and so we can just for a minute talk about it. And it's the fact that uh, Rachel was married when Jackson met her. She was married to a guy named Robards was his last name. Captain Robards. Captain Robards. I never know if these people are actually in the military because in the South, a lot of people just called themselves like captain. And you're like, you get cool titles. Yeah. You get a title. Awesome. (laughs) Exactly. I'm rich enough. Call me captain. Well, her marriage was unhappy apparently. And apparently Robards was incredibly jealous, but he may have had a reason. There is a possibility that, Rachel was, you know, casting her eye in a different direction. Maybe. And Andrew Jackson was definitely on his way up. Everybody knew it. He was making money. He was a land speculator. He was acquiring slaves. Yeah. Yeah. He had a plantation. He was going to go somewhere. He was going to be successful. And a person with his kind of drive rarely is unsuccessful. No. He is, he is, he is certainly a, a type A personality. He's going to succeed in either becoming <laughs> famous or infamous. Or dead. Infamous. Or, yeah, or dead. And, uh, the, uh, that's what I'm always surprised at. Some family didn't like take out a, a hit. <laughs> probably scared to. I know, right? The reputation. He's a man. Terminator. That Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop until you are dead. Um, anyway, uh, Rachel, she leaves her husband and she runs off to Natchez, Mississippi from Tennessee, from Nashville. And Nat- Natchez, Mississippi at this time is actually controlled by the Spanish. Nice. So Jackson, the family, her family, Donaldson's, asked Jackson to go get her. Now, while this is all going on, supposedly Robards files for divorce. That's where the problem is. Robards never follows through with the divorce during all of this time. Uh, in fact, he gets really angry when he hears that Jackson went off to Natchez to get her because, and this is one of those weird parts of the story that I still don't understand. Jackson had to swear allegiance to the King of Spain <laughs> in order to use the Spanish laws of marriage to marry Rachel. So he married her in Natchez. Yeah. As like, a fake Spaniard. Yeah. And then they came back to Nashville acting as husband and wife all the way. Robards heard about that and supposedly got really angry. And so he just didn't follow through on the divorce. Who knows? Yeah. You know, paperwork, so, paperwork back then wasn't real. <laughs> so with the, according to the record keeping, she's married twice at this point. Yes. That's big of me. Yeah. And uh, eventually, eventually Robards did finish and get, he had to go to court and it was a whole a whole to do, but eventually the divorce happens. And then as soon as the divorce happens, Rachel and Andrew get married again, but this time in God's country. Yes. And it's, it's America. That's right. Back, back when it was great. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, so whether, and, and of course there's a lot, a lot of different stories about that whole incident with Rachel. Did she do it on purpose? Did she know what she was doing? Was she dumping a crappy husband for a better one? 
you know, she was 21. I've seen pictures of her. I don't understand the, you know, the desire of both these people to hang on to her because she looks kind of dowdy, but I don't know when the picture was made was the was the, or may it's painting not maybe the maybe the family money was a an influence the donaldson's did have Could some have money. they were they were kind of well to do but yeah. she was i guess we could call her homely yeah plain, plain. certainly and it, look if you know she was not small <laughs> no jackson could have probably hidden behind her three or four times he was quite a slender dude <laughs> although apparently that didn't matter um he, uh, but he can swing a sword. Yeah. The, uh, so anyway, so now we get to the election. Let's just move right on ahead to the election of 1828. The two sides had newspapers that supported them. And the newspapers back then were notorious for printing anything. And I do mean anything. Yeah, it could be completely fabricated. It didn't matter. Uh, Sam Adams, or Sam Adams, listen to me. John Quincy Adams was drinking Sam Adams one day. Probably. And, and uh, he, uh, his, his supporters were printing up all kinds of things about Jackson. Jackson supporters were printing up all kinds of things about Sam Adams. I did it again. John Quincy. John Quincy. I guess I'm going to have to go to the store and buy some beer today. Maybe. They get the Sam Adams Oktoberfest is actually pretty good. doesn't have pumpkin in it, does it? No, there's no pumpkin in it. Okay. Uh, pumpkin. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a gourd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so... So the election's rolling around, and, and and these guys are attacking each other using the newspapers, and they're printing up these handbills, and that's actually some of the funnest things. But the 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 big attack on Jackson is actually on his wife. They are relentless to Rachel when they find out about the double divorce, double marriage thing. Yeah, they don't hold back. They don't. They they are. And what's weird is, from what I've been able to gather doing all this research, Andrew was able to hide it from her. Like she was unaware. He protected her from the yes. evil things that people were saying. And and he was really good at it up to a point. Eventually, she saw one of these handbills that was being passed around. They also called them broadsides, which I kind of like that term better. It seems more aggressive. Yeah, it's definitely in aggressive. The street and they hit you with a broadside. You're like, oh, my goodness. It sounds like a cannon shot in the Napoleonic Wars. Yeah. And uh, the attacks on Rachel were obviously that she was, uh, you know, a, a wanton woman. Easy. <laughs> yes. She was easy. Uh, a woman of ill repute. Mm-hmm. And Jackson was not a person to take kindly to that kind of stuff and managed to hide it. But eventually she found one of these handbills and supposedly it caused her to have a heart attack. She did cause her some great distress and she did end up having a heart attack. Yeah. You can. I guess connect the dots however you wish. Yeah. I mean, she may have looked, she, like I said, she wasn't, she wasn't thin. Maybe she had cholesterol problems. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like everybody would have cholesterol problems. I mean, people then. died of the simplest things back then. Yeah. You know, oh no, I've got a hangnail. Oh. <laughs> overdosed on butter. Yeah. It could have been. Uh, in fact, she's going to die before the inauguration. Yeah. And uh, Jackson's going to blame everybody in the the, the whole pe- election, yeah. the people who opposed her death, and the people who brought her into the mess. He's yeah. not going to forget that. And they said, they said really horrible things. They also said horrible things about, uh, about Jackson as well. One, one of my favorites though, is what they were saying about Adams. Adams was not easy to attack. I mean, you could say a few things. Uh, one of my favorites though, one of them was that, that he was effeminate. If you've ever looked at a picture of John Quincy Adams, and there's an actual photograph of yeah, John Quincy Adams. Oldest president to actually be photographed. And he, uh, he, the one word that would not come to mind in any way, shape, or form is effeminate. No, because he looks like he'll go 
beat your butt in the street just as much as Jackson does. He's now, by this point, he is freaking old. Yeah, he's he's an old dude, and he's he's yeah. There's just no way. But uh, one of the things that cracks me up is they dug up a controversy from when he was a secretary working for an ambassador to Russia. And he was young, and supposedly he was procuring women for the Czar of Russia. So that was the pimp story. Yeah, they say he Adams took like American girls and like gave them to the guy. Yeah, and uh, the other one, the other, and this this shows you how weird this election was. Jackson's supporters found out that Adams, get this, had a pool table in the basement of the White House. Ooh, Ooh a pool table! You're getting extravagant with the taxpayers' dollars. <laughs> Jackson's son. Uh, or Jackson's son, Adam's son, uh, John Adams, co figure. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, give me a new one. Sam. <laughs> Sam would go be with a good. Sam. One. <laughs> um, when he was doing an inventory, apparently, of, of some things that Adams had acquired for the White House, he put the pool table down as part of the inventory. And immediately the Jacksonian people said, oh, he used taxpayer dollars to buy a pool table. By the way, it was a whopping 50 bucks, <laughs> which was a lot of money at the time. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Adams spent $14,000 getting stuff for the White House. And in eight, in the 1820s, $14,000 is a lot of money. That's a, just a staggering sum of money. But it turns out, of course, at the pool table, he actually bought that himself. Yeah, that was his own private funds. That was not. It was a not used pool table. The, oh, of course. And uh, to a thrift shop. <laughs> this is my favorite, though, is the story um, from a newspaper, a Jacksonian newspaper. The very term billiards evokes an image of a secluded room where players and loungers waste countless hours smoking cigars, imbibing liquors, and wagering upon the fortune of the game. All the while employing language and swapping stories that would have offended wives, sweethearts, sweethearts, and mothers. And the game is commonly associated with gambling and would therefore be illegal in most states. So, <laughs> I mean, so this dude is both elitist and like a dirty, low-down scoundrel yeah. at the same time. And uh, Adams was like, I just like it for exercise. Yeah, it's just something to do. Yeah, <laughs> You know what? I wished I had a basement lots with of, a pool table in it. Lots of fancy people. I wish players. I had a pool table in my basement. First, I must acquire a basement. A basement. <laughs> it wouldn't have fared very well during uh, old Laura. Well, it's just, and he, he kept denying it. He kept putting out things saying, look, I bought it. He had, he had proof. It didn't matter to Jacksonian supporters. They proof were, rarely matters yeah. to partisan zealots. Look, even today, does this proof really matter? Not a new thing. Look, if they these days, if you show somebody, I don't know, a cue ball from a billiards table, and you say, the Democrats say this is a cue ball from a billiards table, Republicans will go, no, it isn't. There's no way. <laughs> that is false, sir. It is obviously an ostrich egg. Like, it, yeah, things I wish, will happen. I wish I had the clip from that Monty Python skit where the guy goes in for an argument. It's the room for arguments. Oh, yes. Like, I'm here for an argument. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's how debates go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was uh, Adam's, the the attacks. I mean, they also referred to Adam's mother as uh, possibly a prostitute at one point, which 
what? Yeah, come on, a little far fetched. I don't think John John Adams Senior. I don't think his wife was a prostitute. I'm pretty sure. Probably not. She had a pretty solid reputation. <laughs> she Easy did. to go after the dead, though. Yeah. Well, they they also accused Jackson's mother of having secretly had an affair with a mulatto. Whoa! And the, scandal that Andrew was the the product of that mulatto. And uh, that was pretty scandalous back then to say something like that. Didn't matter. They said it. Yeah. And, it's uh, out there. There's nothing you can do. But Jackson was certainly the target of the worst of the insults because it was easy. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. Such say, a, he's a he's a bloodthirsty maniac. Well, you could prove that. Yeah, what do you what do you have? What sort of proof? How about all the <laughs> dozens of people he's killed? Well, he's hot tempered. Do you have proof? Yeah, he well. stabbed a guy with a sword cane. <laughs> He carried a sword cane. He carried a sword cane. If you Gentle people don't own those. If you if you didn't beat if he didn't beat you with the sword or the cane, he'd stab you with the sword that was in it. I mean, that's a hot tempered individual usually. Yeah. Um just in case the beating is not enough, make sure there's a sword in this cane. <laughs> Never know when you might need to upgrade. <laughs> um wait, I, I I'm gonna I gotta pull this up because this is a. Uh, another part of this and and for some stupid reason i don't have it in front of me i feel terrible listeners i do this is me being unprepared shame on me um and i'm still unprepared apparently because i can't find what i'm looking for ah there we'll we put go some music in and post yeah yeah that's it um no i got it it's it's the uh it's the broadsides known as the coffin handbill or broadside and it's got all kinds of good stuff but the Adams's uh, supporters or the Adams supporters finally got around to pulling up something from his war record because that's really what he ran on. Jackson was a war hero. He had defeated the Native Americans and stolen their land for America. Outright. God wills it. Yeah. And, and don't worry, though. He didn't get all of their land. He'll finish the job when he becomes president. We'll get that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he definitely took a large chunk of it. And what's bad is he took the land from the people who actually helped him. Yeah. The Indians were fighting in the 1812. Yeah. They were helping him and uh, they were allies and it didn't matter. But uh, the coffin handbill, and in fact, there are a few of these still floating around. They're worth uh, a lot of money if you can get your hands on one. Cause, Man, that'd be awesome. Well, so many were printed that they're just out there. Yeah. And people occasionally find one and then it'll go up for auction, usually at Sotheby's. And the last one I saw that it sold for like $350,000. Jam out uh, of my price range. So if you ever see a piece of brown paper that says some account of some of the bloody deeds of General Jackson, and it has six coffins at the top with little names, you grab that sucker and hang on to it with dear for dear life because it's worth money. Lots. Um, but it, 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 it recounts the, execution of six militia soldiers during just after the battle of uh, new Orleans, uh, they attempted to leave. They had signed up for a six month tour of duty. It was three months in the, the battle. They felt like was over. The war was over. They wanted to go home to Tennessee. So these are people from Jackson's home state. And they went to the uh, supply area of the fort. They were in fort. Get this. Jackson (laughs) and they acquired some, some stuff and were going to leave and they were caught and arrested. And the commander of the fort sentenced him to death during the court martial and sent it off to Jackson, who of course approved it. I mean, mean, you know, that's pretty much, okay. Tell you what, men, you have a chance. We're going to send this letter off to Andrew Jackson. And if he says we don't have to execute you, 
then you'll live. Yeah, we'll see what his thoughts are <laughs> on desertion. And you know, you know, these guys were like, Oh God, we're dead. Men. Damn it. Why does it have to be Jackson? <laughs> we're dead men. Send it to someone else, <laughs> please. Anyway. So they sent it off to Andrew and Andrew actually signed the death certificates. And I loved how they did it though. This thing describes the execution. They brought out six coffins. They put them out in a line they made every man kneel on top of his coffin. Whoa. And they assigned five men to each guy who shot them from behind. And so they would fall into the, I, I guess, fall onto the top of the coffin and they could just kind of like flip the lid, I guess, and bloop, bloop, right in. One of these guys was actually a father of nine children. Ooh. Anyway, so the execution goes off with almost no hitch. One guy ends up getting four metal balls in him, but he didn't die for a while. Took him, took him, uh, four days. Oh man. Why can't they just finish the job? I know. Why can you just, that just seems cruel. Can you just put one in him? Just give him one more. Check. I want to know who missed. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they didn't do that thing back then where you leave one, one guy is empty. So he doesn't have to feel the guilt. No, people back then were okay with killing. It It just wasn't that big a deal. But, uh, the Adams supporters blamed Jackson for this. They said he executed, you know, innocent men, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to look at it from Jackson's point of view. You can't have men deserting. No, because he, he felt like he was defending the Gulf Coast. He wasn't about to, because if you six men can leave, everybody can leave. Yeah. And he, so, he had to like assemble an army out of various pieces at, yeah. you know, down there in that campaign. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can't let these guys go. But during the campaign of 1828, a congressman uh, by the name of Talafaro put out another handbill to go with the coffin handbill. And this is my favorite because it's the supplemental account. <laughs> he's he's going to tell you more to the. There's more to the story. Always. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna love it. And I'm just going to get to the part where he starts with the more to the story. And I I swear to you, this went out to thousands upon thousands of people. These were handed out to uh to the American people. <laughs> now, gentle reader, prepare yourself to receive a shock, which I feel will prove more than you can bear. So. You're going to be shocked by this so much you won't be able to bear it. But you're not even, you won't believe it. You're not even going to believe it. <laughs> Shortly after these unfortunate American uh, soldiers had been consigned to the earth, an order arrived from the monster Jackson. <laughs> I sense bias. Uh, directing Colonel Pipkin to have them sent off immediately to him in New Orleans, nailed in their coffins, or Pipkin would incur the penalty of having his head severed from his body. So I'm sure he did it. They were accordingly disinterred. That's dug up for you folks uh, of, of a youthful age. <laughs> they done got dug up. The done got dug up. And upon their arrival at headquarters, I shudder whilst I relate to you. Would you believe it, gentle reader? This monster, this more than cannibal, General Andrew Jackson, ate the whole six militiamen in one meal. He ate six men in one meal. Oh, my goodness. I can't eat six hamburgers in one meal. Now, you might. You might say, oh, come on. He's making this up. But no, he goes further. He says, if you are disposed to doubt this statement, I can refer you to many of the most respectable officers who were in service with him in New Orleans. So, <laughs> he says, and can you, my deluded countrymen, even think of making this horrible anthropophagian monster president of the United States? I actually didn't know what that word meant. That might be might be the greatest insult word in political <laughs> Anthropophagian. history. Anthropophagian. Pophagian. Pophagian? Literally means people eater. Uh, 
I wish it had the word purple in front of it. The purple anthropophagian. <laughs> if you place him at the head of government, what pledge can you have that if he should at any time be displeased with his cabinet, that he would not have his secretaries roasted and eat them for his dinner? He is going to eat anyone who disagrees with him. I don't know. If we've heard a lot of stuff about President Trump. I have never heard any <laughs> anyone alleging that he would possibly eat you if you made him mad. Oh, no, I heard that, man. Wrong. <laughs> you wouldn't even taste good. <laughs> Don't use the word savory with me. Don't use savory. <laughs> I swear, I'll eat you right now. <laughs> anyway, um, so so those are the kind of things that they had to deal with. Um, and I'd like to say it was a close election, but it weren't. Not even close. Like, this is the first example of a man of the people getting the people on board. Yeah, and and the thing is, when it comes right down to it, I think that the country had evolved. I think that's really what was happening, is you had so many immigrants coming in, uh, Scots, Irish, and everything else, that were settling in the West, and even the South, but it's still the West at this time, Yeah, that this the number of people supporting Jackson just flat out outnumbered. And then he also had a lot of support in... Uh, elitist circles in the North as well as the South, because this was party politics. Party politics was starting to actually happen. And in fact, the 1828 is kind of the beginning of party politics. Yeah. It's starting to gel. Like Jackson is the first, you know, he's the first Democrat president and, you know, Adams party, the, Weren't they? They were the Republicans. It was still were, the Democratic Republican. Republicans. But, but they're going to become Whigs eventually. Yeah, that's going to shift to Whigs, and, the and they'll Democrats be wiped be out. Solid. Yeah, and they'll be wiped out by the new Republicans, the neo Republicans. Yeah, with Lincoln. With Lincoln. So the the Whigs are the Whigs. But like the Whigs, the Whigs by definition, they're anti Jacksonian. That's 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 their platform. Yeah. What does Jackson say about that? We say the opposite. Boom. Right. And uh, and Jackson as president, and he he wins easily in eighteen twenty eight, and he wins even easier in the next election when Clay goes up against him, and uh, yeah, they he, still have he stomps Clay. He still hasn't forgiven Clay for the whole corrupt. You know wagon. what? I bet if you dug Jackson up right now, he'd go, "Where's that Clay?" Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, have you it, seen my wife? It was an enemy for life. <laughs> the uh, yeah, he uh, he was something else. Actually, one of my favorite stories comes from when he was president, and he was. Uh, doing the horrible uh, Indian Removal Act. And uh, Supreme Court Justice John Marshall said, you have to stop that. You can't do that anymore. We rule against you, President Jackson. And Jackson was like, well, you've made your decision. Let's see you enforce it. Yeah. And then he just kept doing it. It was like a challenge. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which one of us runs the army? Hmm. hmm. One of the other stories was the dinner they were having. In fact, it was the Calhouns were at the dinner. And Jackson, when he would... He would sit down at a state dinner, would take a pistol out of his pocket and lay it on the table. (laughs) Just in case anyone tried anything. Yeah. And uh, he was getting irritated with Calhoun. Big surprise. And uh, at some point, Jackson just went and put his hand on the pistol. And Calhoun wisely shut up and excused himself and his wife, and they left. It was subtle. (laughs) It was the the subtlety that is necessary in the highest office in the land. Yeah, this is uh, one of those guys that, yeah, you wouldn't be his friend, but you'd have to give him grudging respect just for being, well, unafraid. I don't think death. I'm surprised he died. I would have thought death would have been afraid of him. Yeah, (laughs) it's like death gently knocks on the door. Um, 
sorry, President Jackson. Um, <laughs> is it okay if I come in for a second? He's like looking in the window when he's asleep. And Jackson just like, with his eyes closed, starts tapping on the pistol. <laughs> Dad's like, oh, sorry, I'll come back later. Don't, don't make me get up. <laughs> and he was always jacked up, too. He was in pain all his whole life. Well, no kidding. He's got bullets just <laughs> floating around in him. him. Yeah, he had another one in his shoulder that he carried uh, for years, and they took that one out at some point. And yeah. Surgery was not an easy thing back then. No. Here, bite this. Drink this. <laughs> I know. Gotcha. Here's a stick. Bite it. That'll kill, that'll kill, the, that'll kill the pain. God. He got into a brawl with a, 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 a guy who became a politician later, Thomas Hart Benton. Yeah, uh, the, the the uncle of the painter. And uh, that turned into like, I mean, it was knives and guns and a, it was a full on brawl. This, he's, he's Yosemite Sam, uh, the president. Uh, you know, <laughs> even when he was the president, he was like older and some dude tries to shoot him. The dude's gun misfires. Dude pulls out a second gun. It, it, it also misfires. That's the brawl. That's the one. Yeah, that's when Jackson chases him down the street with his cane as the president. Like this isn't like former president. He isn't old. Like the actual president like they, outruns any sort of bodyguards he could have. And he's beating a dude with a cane. He's, he's going after Thomas Hart Benton in, in the street. And uh, the quote that witnesses actually testified to was, now defend yourself, you damned rascal. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's why Jackson's so much fun to research. He's a horrible human being. But, man, that's what history is about. The, the, the horrible people are often the most interesting. Uh, he's not going to go unnoticed, that's for sure. <laughs> so anyway, that's the election of 1828. Makes this election seem pretty tame by comparison. You would think. Yeah, uh, they, oh, they yeah. couldn't even come up with any good insults in those debates. One <laughs> call the other one a clown. One call the other one stupid. That, that sounds like elementary school. It, it really did. And uh, we got the vice presidential debate coming up, supposedly. We'll Ooh. see. Is that Wednesday? Wednesday, I think. Yeah. And, uh, but now they've changed the rules. They're going to be 12 feet apart instead of I think it was six or nine. Now they're going to be 12 feet apart. Bigger distance. Yeah. They'll be apart even more. (laughs) Want to just go off to different States. We just Skype it. That's really, I think zoom the zoom debate. Oh my gosh. Zoom. Uh, I'm so sick of all that. All of it. Anything virtual. I can't handle anymore. Well, I'm I'm sure in the rest of the country they're, they're doing all right, but we're still in hurricane ravaged war torn, a post-apocalyptic well, it's, area. It's, uh, online school is a failure nationwide. Yeah. It really is. Um, if you look into it, first of all, the, it, it's what it's doing is it's putting kids that are l- less well off further and further behind. Yes. Like the gaps are getting bigger because the rich are creating their own little pocket schools and they're they're They've got super high speed broadband. They can deal with it. Uh, they can even hire tutors to come in yeah or tutors to like zoom with you and yeah I mean, they, they have the resources and they can buy all these other programs different educational programs right that and, else can't and that's that's really the saddest part of all uh, we need to go back to school i'm sorry we need to go back to school that's it i i am 100 percent. all this virtual nonsense needs to stop well we're back man yeah you guys are back we're still trying to get to our first day um thanks laura yeah y'all been out since march yeah, and it's uh, it's just not the the internet schooling is not working, and then we know that. No, it's it it works if you have for one internet that helps, and two, if you're kind of doing it independently, you need to be fairly bookish already. Yeah, these are the ones who are going to be super college bound and go to grad school and stuff like that. Well, like, I find if you're it ironic. To reach the masses, that, it's not really going to be an effective way to do it. Yeah, and I find it ironic because if a kid was sitting on a computer for eight hours doing a game. The parents would be like, 
Are you still playing that game? Are you still on the computer? Yeah, but now you're, you're being forced. Yeah. You better get on that computer. Get back on that computer. <laughs> get, get over there. I don't want to do it anymore. Shut up. Shut up. Play with your iPad. <laughs> I don't play with your iPad. What they need to do is, for history, and I still maintain this, start creating games that are history, but disguised. Yeah. You know how many kids in my class talked about how much they liked playing Red Dead Redemption? Well, there you go. That's a perfect example. They're like, I know what the Homestead Act is. Like, how? Exactly. Red Dead Redemption. Right. I've never played it myself, but my hat's off to you, Red Dead. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. And... uh and not only that, but you got the the, the zombie download content, uh, content, so you can also kill zombies and well, learn something while learn something. ridding the world of the undead. That's right. So it works. But you could. I, there's a a game I played years ago called Mafia. It was one, one. It was takes place in like in a made up city, but it's like the 1930s. Oh, there's all kinds of great references in that game yeah, to you, actual you could make historical that's hyper event. realistic that the kids could control, and they, then they would they would learn something. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, make Andrew Jackson a playable character. Um, oh, just call it the duelist. And uh, <laughs> they made a movie about him. Or, well, I guess it was about Jean Lafitte, probably the Buccaneer. Yeah, Char- yeah I remember Charlton that. Heston played yeah, Andrew Jackson. Was, oh, man, that was <laughs> Charlton Heston. I just, he's, he's, he overacts in everything. He's going to he play everything exactly the same. That's right. What? Bondage. The British? I thought it was Ants. No, that's in your next movie. That's your other movie. <laughs> what about The Pharaoh? No, no, that's not this movie either. Talking Apes? <laughs> Damn dirty apes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could make a drinking game out of the Ten Commandments with how many times he says bondage. Uh, I bondage. gave up on my drinking game during the debate. I couldn't keep track of it. I couldn't keep track. I was just like, okay, I can't do this. And my myself. game my game lost. He never he never said, unbelievable, you wouldn't believe it. I never heard him say that. Biden waited forever to say, look. I know. I was so disappointed. He said, listen, a couple times. I should have gone with listen. But uh, the game could have ended when he said, will you shut up, man? I was not expecting that. That no. line. That will was you shut up, man. That was that was both rude and funny. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you clown. Can you imagine if they had televised debates when Andrew Jackson was running? Oh, it would have been. He would have just pulled out a gun and shot the guy on national. Good evening, TV. everyone. I am Chris Wallace. Uh, <laughs> rules for tonight's debate. We will not be allowing cane swords. <laughs> You'll notice. Well, you let him have cane sword. How come I gonna have cane sword? You'll notice that tonight we have put both candidates inside bulletproof plexiglass boxes. <laughs> that is not to protect each candidate from the other, but in fact to protect the candidate from himself and his own anger. <laughs> the oh man, it, uh, just I love I love that election. It's the first modern election. That's actually what it's called. It's known as the first modern election. Yeah, because they're they're going, they're campaigning, they're mobilizing the front. That's right. The newspapers are crazy heavily involved, and the spoil system is going to play a big part of it because everybody that's supporting Jackson is expecting a job, and when, they're going to get, and it. they get it. And this begins that whole process of uh, favor granting. Yeah, and that's going to happen for well over the next fifty years until well, what? Until what? The now? Pendleton, the Pendleton Act. Yeah, the Pendleton Act put it on paper that said you're not supposed to do it. They still do it. They still do it. Yeah, of course they do. That's well, now, the no, no. You just say it's merit based, and then you're good. Yeah. Well, of course he can run FEMA. He raises horses. Duh. <laughs> what do you mean, Brownie? You're doing a good job, Brownie. <laughs> good job. <laughs> All right, I guess we ought to wrap it up and let you uh, get to whatever you got going on today. What you got going on today? Man, I actually have no idea. Oh, nice. I have no idea. I think I'm going to go clean out my bus. 
This is the the lovely oh. rural. Oh, you got to disinfect it. No, I'm gonna like clean it. This oh. is like dirt because you got to keep the windows down and stuff. And did your windows uh, get any of your windows get broken out? No, my tail lights got busted up and my r- license really? plate got ripped off. Yeah, uh, I've seen some weird stuff, man, with cars and and you know like windows just getting shattered from debris. Yeah, we had we had a, a mess. We've got some displaced teachers at uh, at the school. Speaking they're, of they're debris, rounds, before uh, I go, buildings. one thing. And maybe maybe our uh, uh, maybe the the guy uh, Doug Doug Evie's running for office. Maybe he's the guy I need to call. Maybe. And uh, but we need a we need a landfill in Beauregard Parish for residential trash. When I was over in Livingston, hiding from well, not having power. Yeah. The um, aftermath. They have they have a residential trash drop off place, and it's by the bag. 55-gallon bags is $1.50. 30-gallon bags, a buck. 13-gallon bags, like 75 cents or 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And you just drive up in your car, pay the money, throw the bag in the compactor, and drive away. Done. It's so convenient. <clears throat> and you can get trash pickup, but a lot of people don't want to pay for it. They'll just bring their trash to this. Well, we need something like that. In Calcasieu, they've got a place right now where you can drop off residential trash, but they check your license to see if you're a resident of Calcasieu Parish. Oh, you don't want no foreign trash in there. And they're not coming. They're not making the regular runs right now. Like our our run was supposed to be Friday. They didn't come again. And yeah, they're 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 behind. They're, yeah, I get that. Off. But if we had a if we had a landfill, a lot of people I think would probably just bring their trash to the landfill. Well, yeah, I mean you can't just let it pile up. And uh, so yeah, so maybe maybe I need to call our candidate and see if he can get well, on. I know that. he posted something uh very recently about yeah, it was about debris debris removal. Debris removal, right? removal yeah, the, the he mentioned all the roads around here, in fact, but not my road. My road got it. I did, but I'm one of those elitists. I might even put a pool table in the house in your basement. Yes, I'm gonna <laughs> dig that basement and stick me a pool table in there to show my worth. That's right, a billiards table snooker. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, it's been great uh, finally getting back to doing the Long in the Boot podcast. I was I was looking forward to this. It was kind of hard getting it going again, but here we are. Hey, if uh, if you got anything you'd like to add to the conversation, uh, check out the Long in the Boot Facebook page. Uh, I haven't actually been messing with the Long in the Boot website too much because I've just been too busy. And to be perfectly frank, or to be perfectly Glenn, yeah, I guess. Frankly, my dear. <laughs> And uh, you can always call and leave a message, and I will absolutely answer you. It's uh, area code 337-502-9011. The email, longintheboot at gmail.com. Got anything else to add today? What kind of question you want to ask the people? Have you been getting any feedback on any of the previous questions? I am curious. Well, I did actually get two people that gave me a little feedback. You know, basically just they were hiding out, you know. As everybody was, um, I don't know. I can't think of a good question right now. I might have one. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, with politics and all the stuff going on with debates and accusations on both sides, you know, Trump made up the virus, or the media is just having too much of a field day, or you know, another president put a pool table, or his mom's a, a whore, stuff like that. Evaluate the following statement: Fact checking is biased. Ooh. Independent research cannot be done in an unbiased way. Evaluate that statement. There you go. Do you think do you think fact checkers are biased? Is that basically it? Pretty much. Or is it possible is it for possible you to look to... stuff up on your own and it not be biased? Can right. you fact check 
Can you fact check on your own? Like, is information itself biased? Because I've heard that accusation. Ooh. Finding data, it's all skewed. Mm. Evaluate. Evaluate. <laughs> Discuss. Discuss amongst yourselves. Discuss it amongst yourselves. <laughs> This has been Coffee Talk. Welcome to Coffee Talk. <laughs> I'm getting the clipped. I'm getting a little clipped. All right. Well, folks, that's going to do it for Long in the Boot. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody's getting back to uh, some type of normal. If uh, if you're out of your home, I hope you get back in it soon. And if your home was damaged, I hope that's getting fixed. If uh, if Hopefully, you're back in school. And if you're not back in school, hopefully, you will be very, very soon. It's coming soon. And... Well, other than that, I can't think of much else to add. Hopefully, we'll uh, be out of this election cycle real soon. Of course, the day after the election, I suppose we're starting the next election cycle. Here you go. Do you think you'll actually know who the president is the day after the election? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I bet we don't. Yeah, we've seen this since 2000. And don't forget, uh, join us for our next podcast when we talk about the giant meteor heading towards Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll make it happen. <laughs> actually, there is a... Uh, tropical wave in the Gulf that we have to. Aren't there like two of them? They're they're talking. That. One of them's no no big deal, but there's another one that we have to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, yeah. it's, it's pumpkin spice time, man. And I don't we know, don't want her. I don't know what Greek letter it will be. Gamma was. One I hope it's not. I saw. Well, I just hope it's not Omega. Oh man, Omega. <laughs> we get to Omega, we're in real trouble. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's the end. Yeah, that's the end of all things. <laughs> so there you go. All right, folks, y'all take care. We'll catch you next time on. Long in the boot.